Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Are you fired up for the draft or what? A little football at five here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Fifteen days away, man. It feels like it's happening. We're getting there. It's been a it's been a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> yeah, it's been a marathon. It's been a marathon. It's been an uh, ultra. It's been an Ironman. You are right about that. Uh, no doubt about it. Let's get Steven in real quick. He's been hanging around. Uh, let's talk a little running backs. Which name is he going to share with us that we've never heard of? <laughs> That's always my question, Steve. How deep in the in the Daniel Jeremiah playbook did he go? What you got for uh, us, Stephen? Very, very funny, guys. Love it. Uh, no, I was actually going to ask, like, uh, what do you guys think we should get? I mean, we have James Robinson. The only thing that he lacks is that second gear uh, of speed, even though he said he was going to work on it this offseason. But what do you see us? potentially trying to go after a traditional three down back basically used as nothing more than a receiver or kind of like a jack of all trades that we hit with James Robinson, like, you know, third down back, Kenneth Gainwell, Kylan Hill, uh, Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon state, uh, or, you know, try and get a jack of all trades like Javante Williams, Michael Carter. Uh, I know there's a couple more that I could probably try and name off the top of my head. Uh, Steven, appreciate the call. I think what you're asking, too, is interesting here because we all believe they need some kind of change of pace back, I think, at some point, right? Yeah. We've thrown out the Travis Etienne's, uh, the Carters of the world, the, the Williams of the world up in North Carolina. Uh, those backs have, have you know, been part of the conversation between 25 and 45. And so do you want to pick a running back there? Or do you go to the well where a lot of teams go to the well at running back, and that's like later in the draft, in the fifth round, in the sixth round, see what you can find. I would think this organization might throw a little bit more toward later in the draft because of what they just did with James Robinson. And like, look what we just found with James Robinson. Why spend this kind of draft capital late first round, second yeah. round guy, when – we can find somebody else. Now, that's a little bit wishful thinking. You're not going to get the kind of player James Robinson is each and every year late in the draft or undrafted. Yeah. That's a bit lucky, right? Uh, but I would think it might set the trend of where you think you might go. And with all the picks that they have, I think I'd be surprised to see running back go between 25 and 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're talking more of a fourth, fifth, sixth round play at a third round running back type. Yeah, to me, it's going to be that third round, fourth round type of pick. Because with James Robinson, it doesn't really matter who you bring in over James Robinson. Like, James Robinson has, in my opinion, cemented himself as the starter because he's that physical, that bruising type of running back. And that's the kind of guy that you want. Like, yeah, it's fun to hit the home runs and get those 80-yard touchdowns. Like, that's that's a different type of game changer. 
But when we're talking about a, a physical team, a team that wants to win in the trenches like I think this team is going to do, James Robinson can do that. We keep pounding the rock, keep pounding the rock, and all of a sudden it's the third and fourth quarter and teams are wearing out. This is what makes the Tennessee Titans such a, a hard opponent to figure out because they have Derrick Henry. You pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Oh, all of a sudden they have A.J. Brown. Or, or, you know, they had Corey Davis last year, and all of a sudden they open things up a little bit. That's what Urban Meyer, in my opinion, wants to do. So when we look at that, you know, guys that stick out to me, obviously uh, Gainwell out of Memphis um, is a good pass catcher. Uh, that that Felton that we talked about a little bit mm-hmm. from UCLA. Yeah, could uh, play running who, back or receiver. Correct, who Daniel Jeremiah is a huge fan of. Um, you know, Truba Hubbard's a guy that I've been singing his praises a long time now, where if, if he does indeed fall, which I'm not sure if he's going to, um, in terms of his speed running that 4-3, whatever he ran, uh, and his ball skills, that's what you want. You want the thunder and lightning combination. James Robinson, obviously thunder. Now you just need your lightning. And when you talk about your lightning combination, well, you don't need 20 carries a game. All you need is maybe 10 to 12 carries slash you know catches per game, and you got a combination for success. Chuba Hubbard seems more like a uh, more than a seven to ten snap guy a game player though. Is that just based off his his, his resume and because he was such a game breaker and and a big name on the collegiate level, but he's more of that guy in fit. You know what I mean? I wrestle with that because I'm like, wait, Juba Hubbard, that's a game we heard heard all about. I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, He's not going to just – you're not going to take him somewhere late in the – or middle of the draft and just play him so many snaps. You're going to make him a key part of your offense, but mm. I think we got to be careful of that. Is my point. No, you know? and I doubt, like to me, it reminds me of J.K. Dobbins. Now, if you want to build your offense around physicality, look no further than the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins out of college was a highly touted prospect, right? A guy that should come in right away and be that workhorse. Well, J.K. Dobbins goes to the Baltimore Ravens in the second round, I think pick number like 55, and he, he sat, basically. He sat behind Mark Ingram. He sat behind Gus Edwards, and every once in a while, he'd be the third down back. Now, he got, got a couple of receptions out of that. Last year, he had a little bit of a breakout year, but they never asked J.K. Dobbins to go above and beyond and say, you're a three down back because we have the depth. The same thing for Chuba Hubbard. And I feel like if you take J.K. Dobbins in the second round and kind of sit him as a third down guy for a couple of years, you can do the exact same thing in the fourth round or fifth round with Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, so I think it's interesting where they will take. Uh, so are you, are we on the same page here? We don't really think they'll go 25, 33, 45 running back. Maybe not even 65, but let's live 25, 33, 45. Unlikely, unless a player like ETN were to slip or to, something like that. Um, and you get a whole bunch of value. the only guy would be ETN. Um, I think ETN not, would excite Najee me. Harris. I know he doesn't excite everybody else, but ETN yeah. would excite me. It's not the Clemson package here, okay? That's, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not blinded by that. I think ETN in the second round, again, I don't think they're going here at 25. I told you yesterday I don't think they're going receiver at 25 either. Yeah. So I'm starting to lose offensive players, even though I initially thought maybe that's the way to go yeah, because yeah. they can go with so many different positions. I'd be stunned if they went running back at 25. Yeah. Uh, but – and even 33. I'm thinking more of a 45 play mm-hmm. uh, that 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 would be the highest for me. But that's if somebody were to drop and you see tremendous value, in my opinion. Otherwise, I really feel like, again, give me a pile of money. Where am I going to put it? I'm going to say in the middle rounds, mm-hmm. four, fifth, six, toward the late rounds. That's where they'll go address quarter, uh, yeah, running backs. Yeah, I think ETN's the only guy where if he drops, you could make a move at him in the, in the second round. Um, but with, with Najee Harris, you know, there's because kind of so right now Najee Harris I saw on Vegas odds is the favorite to go first. Yes, yeah, so that, that makes sense. Running back, which makes sense. Some some as high as like 18. Correct, correct. But 
if he was to even fall too, I, I don't see the Jaguars pulling the trigger on him. And listen, he might be the next reincarnation of Derrick Henry for all we know. But when you have a guy like James Robinson, it's hard to co-sign and say, let's bring in Najee Harris too. Well, we know who's going to be the number one pick. Hey, Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. You got the next couple weeks. No purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. Let's go to the lines right now. We get in uh, South Beach Gary here at uh, 5 o'clock on a Wednesday. What's happening, man? Good afternoon, guys. Three things, please, and I'll try to be quick. First of all, uh, you're talking about Tebow and, and Trevor, but I think the big, the, the big difference was, though, Tebow was a lot more vocal in his faith, and uh, so that for that reason he was more polarizing because people that didn't like Tebow as a quarterback, they were like, oh, he's such a great guy, you're attacking him, his faith is Christianity, whereas you, you couldn't really uh, criticize the guy. People were saying, oh, you, you, like you were attacking Christianity if you criticized him as a football player. So that made him more polarizing, I think. I'm not saying he, he's more faith than Trevor, but he's more vocal. He was much more vocal about it coming out of college. Yeah, so, and, and, yeah I, I, I get what you're saying in the context of what you're saying. Yeah, he became polarizing, yes, uh, through some of that, absolutely. And, and I think locally became more polarizing because there was such this adoration for Tim Tebow that some people, I would say probably like a younger population, didn't want to fall in love as way as everybody else was. Uh, even though, you know, yeah, it's me. I think Tebow should be celebrated for, for what he did, what he has done, what he continues to do. Right, and I wouldn't mind Vera Tucker at 18 if you get a little more sand in your sand in his pants. <laughs> I know, I know, Austin, Austin, I had to get that phrase Shaking my head right now, man. Shaking <laughs> my head right now. Hey, listen, nothing like a guy named South Beach Gary talking about a little more sand in the pants. Shaking my head right <laughs> I, now. I love man. that. I love that phrase too, Brent. And uh, Austin, what about the thought of maybe the Jags moving down, still staying in the first round? You know, picking picking maybe some extra picks. You know, moving down to. 28 or 29, and I know you like Mooring, but what the, I don't think he's that much better player than Grant from UCF. What about taking either an edge rusher or or a, or a playmaker there there at, in the first round and get Grant in the second round? Thanks, Southpeach right. Gary. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, somebody asked me this today too, and I, while you chew on no. that for a moment, somebody asked about well, trading down. I mean, there's not a lot of spots to trade down, by the way, in yeah. the first round. You go, you're at 25, so there's a couple. Yeah. And then this person on Twitter asked me trade out of the first round. My take on this is. Listen, we've had this accumulation of picks for the last two years. Mm. You know, you got 23 picks over two seasons. You're going to get more picks next year, and your normal allotment, and that's if you don't make any other trades and all that stuff. But you had you just signed 12 free agents. You yeah. have a bunch of money next year to add more free agents. You already have a young football team. I'd rather go get stud players and move up and mm -hmm. trade away some of the picks than I would trade back in this instance. And I'm not opposed to trading back. I get the the, the theory in that. I would just rather them – I'd get way more excited about this draft if they target somebody at 17 and they see them available still and they say, you know what, we're going to go up and get that guy. Yes. I feel better about that than trading back and having an extra second-round pick. No, that's exactly how I feel about it as well. And I understand what South Beach Gary is saying where it's like, okay – we can go ahead and, you know, we're not going to fix this in one day, are we? We're, it's going to take some time, and I understand that. But 
you had draft capital last year. There's only so much draft capital that you can have. There's only so many roster spots to fill. And I agree with you, Brent. If if I'm going to make a move, I'm trading up. I'm going to use some of that capital um, to get the guys that I want because there's only so many spots. Now, you know, to, to answer the question of do you trade back for Richie Grant as opposed to going after Merrick, in my opinion, no, you do not do that. And, and once again, I echoed the point where I, I don't need any more capital. I need playmakers that can come in and make a difference. And I think with Merrick, I think he's the unequivocally number one um, safety in this draft class. I think Richie Grant, you can make an argument it's either him or or that cat from uh, Oregon. You know, and when we talk about both of those guys, there are a couple pros and cons. You know, the, the con for Richie Grant, I would say uh, so, <clears throat> some scouts want to uh, kind of go after his athleticism a little bit and his ability to handle one-on-one coverage. Um, Merrick on the other side, you know, uh, a little more athletic, um, can do a lot of different things. And, and I've watched a lot of film on him. It looks like he's not afraid to take on a tight end, the guy in the slot. And in a 3-4 defense, that's what you need. I'm always reminded of Eric Berry, what he brought to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, the defense in terms of either free safety or strong safety. But he was the jack of all trades. And when, when they played the, the Patriots, he was covering Gronk, right? When, when you're playing a, a team with one receiver, sometimes he would either double-team that guy or he'd take a man-to-man. That's the type of safety that you need and I think out of all these guys Merrick could possibly be that guy more than anybody else yeah I think uh it makes some sense the one other thing I'll add to this real quick on the trading back what I have a hard time like just coming on board with is I don't know how they value picks 25 to say 45 or 50 Mm -hmm. you know like if there's ton of depth there and you think you can get a similar type of player at 25 and 28 or you can get you think there's a bunch of good players in that uh, window of mm-hmm. opportunity, then add another pick at 36 to, to go along with 33 and 45, then maybe it makes sense. Yeah. You know, maybe it makes some sense. So it's a tough thing to answer. I'm just telling you from a principle standpoint, philosophy standpoint, uh, looking at this team the last couple of years and going forward, <laughs> they've had a bunch of picks. Now you got to see if the picks turn out okay. But I'm talking about going against studs. Mm-hmm. There's not, there's plenty of picks. Mm-hmm. There's not enough studs. Mm-hmm. The better. You have a better chance of getting a stud the higher you pick. All right? That's just the way it works. And so if I can get back up in the top 20, I'm willing to give up a couple of picks to go get the guy I covet. Uh, In theory, Mm -hmm. uh, once again, it it really changes on how they evaluate their board, uh, which certainly is logical. We just don't know what that board looks like uh, right now. It is time for the Florida Sportsman Fishing Report on another beautiful day here in Northeast Florida. Rick Riles joins us each and every day on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Rick, what's happened? We learned a lot about worms yesterday. Well, you know, you got to have a good Palua worm hatch every now and then. And we've, we've got one going, and you guys, well, I hadn't been for me, you guys would have slept right through it. I mean, considering yeah. the rest for a minute, will you? But I uh, talked talked with David Boris, and he said it was a new moon. Uh, this oftentimes happens on the new moon in April and should happen again on the full moon. Now, it's not a real boom to fishing. The redfish gets stuffed full of these worms, and it gets, them hard, it, gets it harder for them to eat. But it uh, seems like this year they've been pretty cooperative in spite of the fact that they can gulp worms just by swimming through the water. There's so many of them in the intercoastal waterway. Red fishing remained good today. All our fishing was very good yesterday and stands to get much better. Now, here's the reason why. We've got a calm weekend coming up. Particularly, it's going to be beautiful, and we've got a southeast wind. Well, we've had reports of a lot of mahi and a lot of 
Altoona on the other side of the Gulf Stream, the east side, and this southeast wind will actually push those fish across the 60-mile Gulf Stream to where our boats can more easily reach them. So I'll be surprised if this weekend's not real good. Probably going to keep most of the boats home tomorrow because it's going to be pretty sloppy. But then it lays down on Friday and Saturday and Sunday right now look like bonus time to be offshore. I think it's going to be outstanding. But one thing you can count on, we'll be back tomorrow to check on it with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Rick Riles. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Looks like it's shaping up for a good weekend on the water. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. No better time than the 5 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday to hit the happy hour horn as well. I go check out VitaDeLuis.com where you can pick up a bottle of Vita de Louis tequila, Reposado and Yeho Blanco, Taste of the Islands in every drop locally owned in Jack's Beach. Imported from Tequila, Mexico. VitaDeLouis.com for your Vita de Louis tequila. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will go over this seven-round mock draft. Three Ohio State players. I think that's a little much, okay? <laughs> I think we did a question like a few weeks ago. Yeah. It said, will Urban, where would you put money? The field or Ohio State? Where Urban Meyer will draft a player. From Ohio State. Not undrafted free agent, because I think he certainly could sign one of them. But will he draft? That'd be a nice little prop bet in this draft. I, I think it'd be a great one. Yep. Well, Dane Brugler says, how about three of them? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll check out that mock draft. Austin hasn't seen it yet. You probably haven't seen it yet either. We'll tell you who it is in a seven-round mock draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's on the way on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Are we... I'm right now. We're not. Like our screen? I guess we're good. Brent Martineau. Yeah, you gotta go all the way. Yeah, we're fine. Thanks for your You're welcome. Uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Welcome back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau, Austin Lance, Steven in for Coos. Coos is off to the wedding. Steven's with us for the next couple days. Appreciate that. Does the signing go down? Is it Friday the signing happens? When's, I think it when, becomes when, official Friday. When's the big Friday. signing? Friday, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the signing day. Signing day. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Kind of is. The original signing, signing day. day. You better believe it, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was the best man at... Uh, Just my... don't end up in the transfer portal. <laughs> no, don't do it. You want to do that? You do not want to do that. Um, so when I played for the Bears, I was a uh, best man at one of my friend's weddings, and I had to sign the marriage like, certificate. And obviously, being in Wisconsin, uh, they're all diehard Packers fans. So, like, I actually signed the marriage certificate. A Lane, seventy three, go Bears, bear down. <laughs> I put the hashtag bear down on the marriage license. Um, and, and you can't change that. Like, once you sign the marriage license, it's that's it, what it is. It's good to go. So, uh, yeah, they was to say people. Scolded? Uh, he didn't care. I think the bride um, it left a little more than to be desired. Let's just say, yeah, she wasn't impressed. <laughs> but what are you gonna do, man? Just boys being boys. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, uh, we have a big time mock draft from Dane Brugler from The Athletic. We should almost shocked it, but yeah, let's get it. Uh, we could down the road. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, number one, not shocking. Mm-hmm. 
Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, by the way, Trey Lance to the Falcons, Jamar Chase to the Bengals, Kyle Pitts to the Dolphins, Penny Sewell to the Lions. Those are the first seven picks. Justin Fields ends up number nine mm-hmm. uh, to the Broncos. Um, Broncos have been quiet on the quarterback front, surprisingly. Don't you think? A little shocking with Drew Locke, yep. Yeah. Uh, at number 25, we've got some diversity here. Okay. In mock drafts. Hit me with it. How about Elijah Moore from Ole Miss? For the name come up a little bit. That's pretty high, I feel like, for 25. 435, 40-6673 yep. cone drill. Mm. That's all he said. Would oh, that, that excite a, you? The cone drill or Elijah Moore? Elijah Moore. He says, if Lawrence and Moore reach their full potential, Jackson will be talking about this first-round haul for a long time. I mean, I, I, I do like the talent coming out of Ole Miss at the wide receiver position. So far, so good for them. Um, but I'll be honest, it doesn't bring home the bacon for me, let's just say. How about this, then? 33 for Brugler. He's uh, Travon Merrick getting him at 33. I mean, if you get him at 33, then so be it. Take whoever you want at 25. Yeah. That's a big if, though. That'd be a nice get, right? Yes. Uh, there's a run on uh, running backs right after that. Falcons a- go ETN. Dolphins go Javante jo- Williams. What were his thoughts about Merrick? Uh, didn't in the second round. He didn't oh. do descriptions. Milked it in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 45, yeah. Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Red Sox fan. Fryermuth, yep. fun fact. Red Sox won again today. Eight in a row, by the way. Mm. Uh, then we go to what? Pick 65. Josh Myers, Ohio State guard slash center. I've seen this guy in our Shock Your Mock we'll stuff. Talk about him. Uh, so an offensive lineman at 65. I don't hate the offensive lineman at 65. Yeah, but I think he's primarily a center with a little guard experience, if I, if I remember correctly. That, does that potentially put you into the moving on from Brandon Linder at some point? I mean, he's, but he's, he's got, now he's still got two years, doesn't he? Yeah, my guess is they could get out of the contract if they but want. Wait, hey, 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 where's the can fire? If he can play fire? guard, AJ can, I don't know if uh, Norwell will be here next year. Where's the fire on Brandon Linder all of a sudden? He's, He's still a dependable Okay. At 65, I don't mind the offensive lineman. I don't like the offensive lineman at 25 or 33 or sure. even 45. Sure. Are you to take the same kind of energy to the ESPN mock draft that we got to do? Where both our names are going to be on this thing? <laughs> yeah. Take, it won't be an offensive lineman keep at that 25. Same energy. Oh, you, I swear, if you take an offensive lineman <laughs> number, and his name's not Penn Sewell, I'm walking off the show. It's just telling you right now. I'm going Trevon Diggs. I bet you do. Bet you do, playboy. Bet you do. All right. Let's make sure. Jags have so many picks, I don't want to skip over any of them. 106, round four this would be. Pete Werner, linebacker, Ohio State. Okay. We've looked into him a little bit. So there you go. Back-to-back Ohio States, okay? Yeah. And that's a linebacker. (laughs) I feel like this guy just got bored and is like, all right, I don't know. Who's Ohio State guy coming out? But what's interesting here in this draft, in the fourth round, Kyle Trask is a fourth-round guy here. Wow. Interestingly enough. Uh, Hunter Long, by the way, 126 to the Titans in Brugler. Yeah. Why is that significant? Because Mel Kuyper had him at 45. Is there that much discrepancy on Hunter Long? There's some discrepancy. I mean, wow. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's that's big-time discrepancy. Jacksonville Jaguars at 130 take Bobby Brown, the third. Defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Yep. So a little bit of need right there, right, on, yeah. on the front yeah, you got a need. at 130. Sure. Uh, Jaguars in round five, another Buckeye, Sean Wade. Now, here's the thing. If you get Sean Wade in the fifth round, I look at that as tremendous value. That's what we call value, everybody. Yep. I mean, just based off last year, I mean, this guy was a top 15 pick projected mm-hmm. before last football season started. Yeah. Like, I understand he didn't have a good year. But were people that wrong in projecting what he was? 
and he's dropped this much? To, to talk about Austin Land draft status all of a sudden. Mm. 145, Sean Wade at the corner position. That one makes some sense to me, again, if there's value. But that would be three Buckeyes off the board. I mean, we're going a little bit Buckeye heavy here. I mean, listen, this this guy is trying to do his best right now. I know. He's trying to draft literally 200 and whatever picks it at. It's a lot to do. The positions make sense. I just don't see three Buckeyes almost in succession. I don't think you even noticed that. But, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, edge, 170. Ohio State. That's number four. So, I missed this one earlier when I went we, over this. We just went back to back to back. Ohio we had State four Buckeyes. out of five picks be Buckeyes. Yeah. What's this? What's this dude's name? <laughs> hey, Brugler's good. He puts a lot yeah, of work Brugler, in. But okay. yeah, listen, what he's, he does say something right here. In a draft cycle like this, with limited one-on-one interaction, it wouldn't be a surprise if Meyer relies on his Columbus roots. Cooper is the fourth Buckeye draft by the Jaguars in this scenario. So it's not like he he lost track. Yeah, but can, if that's the philosophy, then take a bunch of Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide players because they won the national championship, Brent. You know? Like, if you're going to load up on a team, then load up on Alabama, though. Interestingly enough, in this uh, round as well, Tamari and Terry goes 176 to the Bucks. Uh, Chuba Hubbard to the 49ers at 172. Oh, he was there. And Trevon Grimes from Florida, 179 to the Cowboys uh, in this mock draft in round five. Now we go to round six, and uh, do the Jaguars have a six-round pick anymore? Don't think they do. Uh, then we go to round seven, and the Jaguars have punter Ohio State, <laughs> Alaric Jackson from uh, Iowa, an offensive tackle. Okay. Nobody will say boo about that if they try sure. to pick up an offensive line in the seventh round, but that doesn't usually pay off, I don't think. Um, so there you go. The story there is four Buckeyes. They get <laughs> linebacker, a couple offensive That's linemen. So they get a defensive tackle. Yeah. They go uh, Merrick, mm-hmm. receiver with Elijah Moore, which is the different pick in there. Friermuth, tight end. So they address some needs mm-hmm. in, in that scenario. Pretty wild. There's no way they're picking four Buckeyes. Like, I'll. I just hesitate to bet my house because that hasn't worked out well for me. You've lost two houses so but far. But maybe so. I'll just bet the fire pit. Oof. You, you want to lose that too? Um, I'm going to be honest, and once again, it's never going to happen. But if they were to ask me to to go read the you know like the draft stuff and you know like do like what Scobie did before and yeah. Easter, I mean I'm not that prestigious. But if they were like I'm reading like the fifth round pick and it's the fourth Ohio State guy in a row, I'm not reading it. I'm be like, and you ju- I'm like, <laughs> seriously, I'm like, ser- nah, uh, uh-uh. uh, and I'm throwing the car and I'm walking off. We're not we're not doing this today, guys. Sorry, Urban. And I throw the car. You card. should just not say his college name and go to his high school. Yeah, say his high school name. No, no, out of uh, no, I'm I'm throwing the card. Gahanna Lake in high school. I'm throwing the card. I'm storming out. I'm gonna come back on the mic, say watch ESPN 690, and then I'm walking off. <laughs> Thank you for getting the plug for in. Before plug. You, do you don't get to that plug in. If the Jags go, obviously QB. If they went wide receiver, safety, tight end, I think in some order in the first four picks. Yeah. I think people would like that, right? Safety, sure. tight end, and then wide receiver doesn't hurt in the second round. I've had a lot of success doing that. Mm-hmm. What would you feel left out? You'd feel defensive tackle and edge. Correct. Right? Yes. That would be – Yep. that's really the the spot. You, you almost feel like you need a tight end in the top 45 picks. Well, listen, uh, to, to me, you either need Frymuth or, or Jordan, in my opinion. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So people, I think people are going to be disappointed if by the end of round two the Jags don't have a tight end. Yes. Right? Yes. Fair enough. Yes. Uh, and – I think safety while in play, if they don't get Merrig, that leaves a guy like Richie Grant, but 
it doesn't mean they're going to pick one up at 33 or 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could just kind of not address the safety until the middle rounds of the draft. I wouldn't be stunned to not see safety pick because somebody else went and got Merrig or something like that. Uh, I guess I would be a bit surprised if tight end, safety, edge, defensive tackle, like three out of those four are not no, part of the first four. They're, they're going to have to be. They absolutely have to because I think Urban or, or Meyer not three out of the power, I would say two out of those four because you could easily not pick edge well, or see, defensive tackle or yeah, safety. But I'll be surprised if defensive tackle or edge aren't addressed there because I mean Urban Meyer even said it himself like you got to start with the trenches and work your way back. Now if you want to see the trenches on the offensive side of the ball, the offensive line like you're not you're not nervous about it. And yes, the defensive line you brought in a new a lot of new bodies and stuff like that. But still, you you can always use depth because you rotate guys in and out. And I think Urban Meyer gets that. And obviously with Joe Cullen too. I mean, Joe Cullen's going to have his guys that he wants. So I, I would be very surprised if they don't address the edge or defensive tackle in the first three or four rounds. Yeah, and again, I will give you the three or four in sixty five, one oh six. That brings those into play. I would then agree with you. I just wonder with that. 25, 33, 45, you can't address it all. And yeah. so if somebody falls into your lap of high value, that's where a receiver or a running back could potentially come into play, even though it might not be an extreme target. Mm-hmm. Uh, safety, edge, defensive tackle could be more of a target in terms of need, but best player available then comes into play at 33, 45, even 25. And so I could see the Jags landing on a re- receiver or, mm-hmm. or landing even on a, an ETN that slipped or somebody that they like uh, in the backfield. I wouldn't be stunned. I think the stunner would be if they don't end up with tight end somewhere in those that, those first four picks. I, I think because there's such a drop-off, it feels like. Uh, unless they're going to make a move back into the second round or they feel like somebody's going to be there at well, 65, that they, they still could covet. Uh, but you just saw it. You go Mel Kuyper, 45. You go uh, uh, Dane Brugler, who just had, I think, uh, Hunter Long, was that like 126? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's a wide gap. Mm-hmm. That's a wide gap that shows you about the tight end position, how people feel about it. Let me ask you this. What do you think during the draft the Eagles would be asking for Zach Ertz? Like what what round would they be asking for Zach Ertz? Third? <sighs> That's a good question, man. I don't have a great feel for that because I would say less. I would say less than a third because so they know fourth? they want out. Like, I mean, you lose a lot of bargaining power. So fourth maybe? How about this? Would you do Gardner Minshew for uh, Zach Ertz? That's not – I mean, yeah, duh. Yes, but I don't think that's going to happen because you already have Jalen Hurts. Like, you don't need – I mean – Well, I know. Everybody's yeah, but, got a quarterback right yeah, now. Yeah, but you're going to trade a backup quarterback for a starting tight end? And, 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 and a starting tight end doesn't want to be there. Yeah, but still a starting tight end. I mean, that's like saying with Orlando Brown, like, what well, he doesn't want to play right tackle, but guess what? You didn't get what you want for Orlando Brown, so you're playing right tackle. Yeah. You know, like, that's just the way it is, dude. Um, okay, so let's say this scenario. Let's say you lose out on Frymuth and Jordan. Panic mode now. We're in the third or fourth round. Could it be possible that Urban Meyer and Balky, you know, pull pull off the miracle and say, all right, we're in the third round, tight end options are gone, Hunter Long, yeah, not sold on him quite yet, trade for Zach Ertz. Can you see that being a possibility? Because I mean, I'll be honest with you right now, where I sit, Brent, excluding Kyle Pitts, because once again, that's just fool's gold in my opinion right now. It makes me a little nervous when we're talking about either Brevin Jordan or Pat Frymuth. Those are two guys out of 32 teams. It makes me a little nervous to say, are we sure they're going to be there when Jackson wants to pick them? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like that's, I'm a little nervous about that. Do you think that Zach Ertz in the third round or fourth round could be the failsafe? 
I would be surprised if the Jags got to the actual draft day and didn't already make that move. Mm. So I think that looks desperate, and I'd be surprised if it's on draft day that they didn't get who they wanted. Now, there is time in between, to your point. Mm -hmm. There is the first round. Okay, well, you're not probably going to get tight end at 25. You're not. But there's that second and third round window on Friday, which then says, okay, we didn't get anybody. Let's reevaluate. So to your point, it's more plausible the way the draft draft is set up now, where you sleep on it Friday night and you're like, you know what, I just don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about what's left. We got a guy in Zach Ertz. Let's go make a move for him. Yeah. You know, let's go do something. So I don't think – I'd be surprised. I think if they want Zach Ertz, they'll go make a play for him in the next couple of weeks before the draft. Interesting. You know, because I think they want to know what they have in front of them rather than feel the desperate nature of we need to go get somebody. Because well, most likely yeah. that's going to cost you more. But the, that's what I'm saying, though, in terms of the failsafe. Like, you know, there's a failsafe put in place where if you miss out on Frymuth and Jordan, because whatever happens in yeah. the draft, it's always crazy. It's an option. But, but you don't think there's a failsafe in place where it's like, okay, we missed out on these guys. Time to go to plan B or plan C and have Ertz in the third round. Let's make that pick and make that trade. I think it's possible. I think that's the dangerous way to go because I believe it will be more costly. Okay. Uh, if you want, if you if you feel like Ertz is a fail safe, why not just grab him now? Well, because to me he's like the last resort. Yeah. Because like you'd rather have Fryermuth or Jordan, but you lose out on him, and now you got you know you essentially don't really have a tight end going into this year except the dude from Carolina. It, it could happen. I just don't feel like it, and maybe I'm missing the boat. I have to go back and look at this, okay? But the feel right now for me is I just don't feel like we see a lot of players moved during the draft. We see picks traded. But I don't feel like we I mean, see once in a while there's players. players. I, yeah, yeah, probably. I, I'm probably missing that. I mean, that I was boat. I was drafted because a player got moved in, in the trade. You were? Yeah. What was it? Uh, Quentin Groves may rest in peace, but Quentin Groves went to Oakland then. And that I, was part of that deal. That was part of the deal. Oh, son of a gun! I didn't realize that. There you go. I wonder how often it does. I just don't feel like players get moved a bunch. Like I feel like every NBA player gets moved on draft night. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I don't sure. feel like that happens as much in the NFL, but maybe I'm mistaken on that. Yeah. I don't have a good feel for it. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll put a bow on the show. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 when we come back. I'm going to have to go with D. Smith. He's proven, you know, I think everyone's questioning his side. Um, but that doesn't matter when you play the game that you love and you can play it at that level. Um, so I want to see. I mean, he's probably the, the number one race for the best receiver coming out of this game. I know they, you know, the kid from LSU, they talked about him. But um, D. Smith is my number one pick. I mean, the guy to win the hot, and now he just got to prove that he can play at the next level and play it well. I don't know who that is, uh, but to talk about Devontae Smith. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is that Donald Driver? I guess so. Former Packer? Yeah. Is he doing some analytics stuff? Anal- I, I no, mean, analysis work, or is no he just idea. a guest somewhere? Probably somebody said that. I have no um, idea, man. I haven't seen him doing much from an analysis standpoint. No. Maybe he is. Well, he was doing stuff with the with the Packers. Just oh, like, he was doing yeah, stuff with the yeah, team. But I don't know. He's cool. kind of he's legendary up there, oh, right? Dude, is this whole story? I mean, the guy used to like growing up. He lived in a U-Haul. Yeah, yeah. Very, very it's funny, humble like, beginnings. I, I think he's like probably my gut. My feel is he's legendary up there, but I think overall, like his. His name, no, as good as no, he was, doesn't yeah. transcend no, Green he Bay, was a, you know what I mean? He, he was a fantastic receiver, but like, if you're talking about like a household name, it's not going to correlate to yeah. every single Interestingly state. Interestingly enough, I mean, yeah. but he's huge there. I no, mean, for sure. I mean, and, and every team mind, has that. But yeah, and, and he's a little before fantasy football, I feel uh, like, too. So, yeah. yeah. 
Brett, Brett, I agree with you. Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We're 15 days away from the draft. Jags fans, you can win a chance to meet the pick courtesy of TIAA Bank. Just visit TIAABank.com slash meet the pick to register each day through draft night. That's through April 29, 2021. No purchase required to enter or win. For eligibility and other details, see the official rules at TIAABank.com slash meet the pick. It's been a big week here. We've got two weeks to go until the NFL draft. Of course, we announced earlier this week uh, we are the broadcast partner of the Jacksonville Jumbo Trip. That was fun earlier in the week. Those games get going on May 4th, so exciting couple of weeks coming up uh, here on ESPN 690, but also uh, here in the city. We will have unprecedented draft coverage on April 29th, really 24 hours worth. Stuart Weber is going to be up in Cleveland. We'll be at the stadium. We'll have people all over the place. Mm-hmm. We're going 7P until 10 p.m. on uh, TV with specials. That's outside of our normal newscasts on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Essentially, we're morning all the way through midnight uh, live on TV uh, for the most part around this draft. And we'll have our show right here at 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. down at the stadium as well. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. So really looking forward to a... Uh, a big-time night, one like we've never had in Jacksonville before with the number one overall pick, a franchise-changing quarterback. We talked about that a lot on the show today. If you missed it, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. We talked about the Sports Illustrated article right at the top of the show uh, as it pertains to Trevor Lawrence, and uh, it's a big deal, folks. Before we leave today, news just in uh, from the NCAA. They will allow yeah. transfers. Let me make sure I have this right. They won't have to sit out the season. Starting next year, major college football and basketball players will be permitted to transfer one time before graduating without being required to sit out a year of competition. The NCAA Division I Council voted Wednesday to change the longstanding rule that has often deterred players in high-profile sports from switching schools. Folks, we have free agency. We have free agency in college basketball and football. It's kind of trended this way with the portal and with – COVID and with graduation uh, and be able to move anyway. I mean, the Florida Gator basketball team has rebuilt their entire roster based on transfers. And now that's going to, do you like this overall or no? (sighs) One question. Can you trade it with, I mentioned this during the break, in conference? Can you go to a school in conference? It's a good question, and I still haven't found out the answer to that. (laughs) Okay, because, you know, I mean, that could be a competitive advantage, though. Where if you're because usually the way I was put in place is where you actually lost a year if you go within conference because that way you know you go to a, a different conference rival or whatever a division rival and then you kind of you know spill the details and everything and now it's a competitive advantage. Um, am I a fan of it? It's just the world that we live in now, Brent. You know, um, the competitor in me want, would say stick it out, right? We would say, come on, man, like. At least we had to set a year out. Like there was a little, a little voice saying, "Well, do you really want to transfer out here because you have to sit out?" Like you know, because it's kind of an inconvenience. You take the inconvenience away, and now it's going to be the wild west. In my opinion, it's going to be a free for all, which I think is going to happen on the horizon here. But I understand that's the way things are. Students have their best ability to succeed. It is what it is. I'm not against it. I'm not for it either. I guess I'm kind of on the fence. You would say. Yeah, I can't find the answer about conferences. I think this is. I don't think conference is going to have a say. I think it's going to be across the NCAA. So I think conference to conference doesn't matter. Okay. Because I'm saying that that could be a a giant competitive advantage if you go within the conference. Well, it's going to really change things. And what does it open the door? Um, 
does it open the door for more tampering, if you will? Yeah. Does it open the door for – I can tell you this. I know teams – just take the lower levels. Take the A-Sun teams. When you have a really good player, those teams come calling, man. They try to pull you away from that school, especially if you're about to graduate. Mm-hmm. That's happen- that happens. That's what that's what goes on. Here's the thing. I, don't, I think it could be the wild, wild west. I'm all for trying this out. I think there has been way too much power for coaches. I think coaches in these sports offer, 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 promise, 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 and – Sometimes they deliver, but sometimes they don't. You're asking 16-year-old kids to make a decision, sometimes 15-year-old kids, to make a decision when they're sophomores in high school. Heck, my kids are turning 16 tomorrow. I know they couldn't handle some of the decisions these guys have to make, these kids have to make, with all the pressures on them. And they're probably more mature than my kids just because of all the stuff they've been through. But still, that's a hard, hard thing. And then you've got them. And then you got to sit out if you want to go somewhere else, even though we didn't treat you right, even though we promised you something. And we didn't deliver. I, I just always give the Georgia example. And listen, I know it's about winning, but they got five star after five star after five star in Jacob Easton, Jacob Fromm, Justin Fields. Yeah. I mean, and they promised each kid he was going to be the Heisman Trophy, the starting quarterback, and a chance to win the national title. And and you're going to say, well, if because you, you you love the school, you're going to be like, well, afraid of competition. Nah, they promised him something they couldn't deliver, and they promised the next kid because they're trying to get better. That's their job. Well, then give the kid the opportunity to say, listen, that kid beat me out, or you didn't deliver on what you promised me, and I'm going to go somewhere else now. And they shouldn't be penalized for that. I like that the student-athlete gets a little bit of power here. Uh, I might regret that down the road, but I like that we're trying that. The student-athlete doesn't have a lot of power, especially in big-time Division I sports. Yeah, it's just the fact of does it get drunk with power, right? Like Does it become a sideshow? And and what spurns out of it? How much feels dirty, right? How much? I'm a little concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And by the way, do other kids get screwed out of that, right? My kids going to X school feels like he's in a place or she's in a place. And then all of a sudden you got this big stud coming in, doesn't even have to sit out, comes, takes their job, right? No, no road is perfect in this thing. It's just, it's the power of the greater good. And is it for the greater good? I think it will be. Hopefully. Maybe I'm just optimistic. I like it at face value. we got to run. We're way late. Steven, nice job today. Uh, we'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30, live, local, loud. Coming up next on ESPN 690. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 